The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the New York Knicks Preview Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher getting ready to break down a team with a new coach, a new style of play, which we'd like to see. And some new players uh, to go with their stars with me to do so is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? How, how are things? Great, man. I am pumped with the news. Uh, a lot of, especially with the Knicks, man, a lot of new stuff going on. No more, uh, what, bottom seven in pace the last, what, four years? Uh, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm a big Hornet set guy, so I'm excited to see a lot of fun stuff on, uh, on the Knicks. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see just how much Hornacek we see versus how much triangle concepts. And, <laughs> you know, there's been some kind of talk back and forth and he's been, you know, kind of flirted with the idea. Um, but, you know, we like like you said, um, you know, they've been near the bottom of the league in pace uh, the last few years. And that's been by design. That's a, you know, a Phil Jackson concept. Um, obviously, he didn't hire Rambis. He didn't hire one of his, you know, quote unquote, protégés um, directly off the tree. So that that I think that is forebodes well i think that uh you know that at least he is open to the idea of of pushing the pace a little bit and, and certainly um you'd assume the acquisition of derrick rose would um would likely lead in that direction as well so um it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out but yes there is hope uh, certainly can't get much slower um i guess it's just a question of how much faster it does get so it's going well yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. How's it going? Guys? No, as long as they don't, as long as they don't shoot three pointers, because it's been proven that three point shooting just there's no, it, it clearly doesn't improve your chances of winning in today's NBA. So less threes, you know, more eighteen foot two pointers, and they they'll be on their way, you know. So let's talk triangle really quick before we get to players really fast. Like you said, it sounds like they're going to get away from it. It seems like Jackson is still trying to sneak in his little jabs. Like, oh, we're going to still have, like, a foundation of the triangle. But every time Hornacek's kind of ass, he's like, eh, I don't know about that. So do, do you think that they kind of get away from that and kind of put in the Golden State ball movement kind of thing into their system half-court-wise? Yeah, I think it'll be somewhere in between. Um, you know, I, I think you're right. I think um, Phil at least wants to keep up the, the premise that they're running some triangle concepts. Um, but, you know, Hornacek has had a great success, as you know, um, you know, pushing the pace, uh, you know, uh, getting as many three point shots as possible, um, you know, high usage rate. So I think that's that's kind of the goal. Um, I would say to start the season, he may, um, you know, tend to lean towards, um, uh, you know, slowing it down and, and using more triangle concepts initially, um, if and when that doesn't, uh, you know, satisfy him or, or the team isn't playing well, um, you know, I could see them shift more dramatically, um, you know, towards, you know, more of a quicker pace. Um, so it, it'll be, I, I, I am interested to see that's, you know, there's, there's very few teams that, um, we don't know what style they're going to play going into the season. Even teams with new coaches, we know what you know what those coaches bring to the table. And teams that have established you know philosophies and offensive sets, we know what they're going to bring. Um, but we have a, a a a general manager, not your typical president of basketball operations, rather, and Phil Jackson, who certainly um, is, is unafraid to put his thumbprint on the on the team. And uh, 
We also have a coach who certainly uh, is a, in favor of an up-tempo style. So um, it'll be very interesting to see over the first, you know, we'll get a sense of that in the first few preseason games. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, before we start the season, it'll, you know, I, I think we'll get a much better sense of exactly what direction they're leaning. For sure. So let's get to some specific players here. And we'll start with the Nick who's going number one in fantasy drafts. And it's kind of not even close. And that's Chris Stapps Porzingis, who's in a new role. Uh, we saw Derek Rose saying that they're going to play Porzingis more at the five. Uh, I found it interesting that based on per game numbers, the, um, he was a power forward for his top seven lineup combinations. Uh, he was always playing next to like Seraphin and uh, just a big, but now they're going to go smaller. We didn't really see the uh, Porzingis Mello four five combo, but it sounds like that's going to happen a little bit more often. Uh, so that and what we saw last year. How do you and obviously Pornis X been pimping him big time. So fantasy wise, we're seeing him go with that turn kind of second third um, expectations. And I mean, do you think he could hit um, what what he had that good month and a half where he was rolling like first round value? Do you think he can get back to that? And, and uh, I think you drafted him once before, so we're. Uh, how do you feel about drafting? I did. Listen, I, I'm torn on this because so we'll talk about it from a fantasy perspective, and you know, we'll, we'll also the reality perspective. The fact of the matter is, in full disclosure, um, I'm a huge Porzingis fan. Um, I fell in love with him, uh, you know, getting a chance to watch him early on last season, and um, you know, I just, I, you just get the sense. Um, was fortunate enough to talk to him a bit, and not only does he is he a fantastic player, he just gets it. You know, it, it takes a certain type of player to succeed and thrive in New York, um, and uh, he's going to be that player. Um, really, the sky is the limit in terms of skill set, um, his ability, um, his work ethic. He's got everything you want as far as a player. He's a unicorn. Um, <laughs> no question about it. Um, yeah, his first year statistics are incredible. Um, you know, first rookie in history with uh, you know uh, 100 threes, uh, 75 blocks, 50 steals. Um, there's literally nothing he can't do in a basketball court. Um, all that being said, I am not high on, on on KP in terms of fantasy. If he slips far enough, I'll take him. I just don't see the value and the upside. Everything has to go right for him to fulfill that second round value. Um, and I'm really have major concerns about him uh, producing from a fantasy perspective. He'll make the Knicks better. His plus minus will be great. Um, I love the fact that they're going to try to use him at the five. That was one of the things that really frustrated Knicks fans and, and pundits around here, um, here in New York. Um, the fact that Rambis uh, was hesitant to use him at the five, wanted to, or even when he did use him at the five, wanted to throw him in the post. Um, you know, didn't really u- utilize his skill set as a, as somebody that could stretch the defense and step out to the three point line. Um, so with all that said, my concerns about this upcoming season, you got you got a bunch of guys that, that want to prove that they belong. You got Derrick Rose in a contract year. We'll talk about his situation. You got Joe Kim Noah coming back, you know, $72 million contract. He wants to prove it and earn it. You got Melo finally surrounded by a, you know, competent supporting cast. Um, did a great job passing last year. Um, but, you know, now that he has Rose. So you got a lot of guys with, with you know, and I won't say egos because Noah's a terrific passer. We'll talk about him. I think Noah's going to be, I think Noah's undervalued. I think Melo's undervalued. Um, I think Rose is a little bit undervalued. He's a big, obviously, boomer bust guy. Um, so I'm not down on the Knicks per se. I think the pace picking up will, will benefit them at, by and large. But, all that in the mix, I worry about KP getting his touches. I worry about his usage rate. I wonder, he's not a guy, he's a second year, 20, 20 year old kid, hasn't turned 21 yet. Um, will he demand shots? No. Um, will he make a stink if he's not getting as much touches as he should? Absolutely not. He's a great kid, team ethic, as long as, it, especially if the team's winning. 
He's never going to make noise. He's never going to be a guy that demands that they run plays for him. Um, you know, you got Courtney Lee who's not going to get a ton of shots, but Brandon Jennings, when he comes in the game, he's a guy that likes to have the ball in his hands. We know what the deal with Rose is. Um, so I'm just worried. His Now, don't get me wrong. His floor is very, very high in my opinion. He's going to get you blocks. He's going to get you threes. He's going to shoot a good percentage from the floor, I think, better than last season. Yeah, I um, hope so. I, you know, so I, there's a lot there to like. Don't get me wrong. If he was the third round, fourth round, I'd be all over him. I'd love him. But when you're when you when you're when you're making that difficult choice in the second round, um, you know, listen. Like I said, I love the guy. Anybody that follows me on Twitter knows it. Ask my wife. She'll confirm. <laughs> I just bought my daughter a, a onesie, a Porzingis onesie. Um, so uh, as you know, in reality and in, in, in real life basketball, he's the real deal. He's the goods. He's going to be great this year in fantasy. I'm probably going to pass the more I think about it. All right, so I want to I want to put you on the spot in a second and throw some stats here. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you stew on this for a second. Would you rather have Jokic or Porzingis? And while you think about that, um, Melo, 29.5 uh, usage rate, um, and then Rose was 27.0, and that was kind of down for him. Both those guys right. hanging around 30. So I'm not I don't really care about the usage rate too much. Uh, I'm more worried about, and I want to see the, the field goal percentage come up. I mean, 40.8% after the break is not acceptable for a power forward. He really fell off from three, only 29% post-break. So, yeah, uh, I, I got it. I mean, I'm cool with him at, like, 30, but I can't right. do it at, like, the turn. So who would you take, uh, KP or Jokic? I mean, I pro- I think KP is a much better play, but I'd probably take Jokic just yeah. in terms of opportunities. You know, sure. um, I'm curious. What do you, your your take on KP from you know from the outside looking in? Do you think I just feel like the hype is not is just not going to quite you know equate to the value? It's the I see blocks and I see that 84 percent from the line, and that yes. that really draws me to him right there. I mean, that's right up my alley. I love Miles Turner for that reason. Uh, Serge Ibaka right. made his money doing that in fantasy, yep. so. He, he can do it, and he is certain, like you said, his floor is really nice because of that. But yes. again, if he, hits his, if he hits his field goals, I think you're looking at a top 15 player. But man, coming up from 42% on the whole season last year is going to be tough. And then looking at his monthly splits, his best month was 43% from the field. That's got to come up. I mean, if you're a power forward, you want to be over 45 Agreed, and I think it will. I and I think that'll benefit you know shot selection. He had to create a lot on his own last year. Um, I, I think they're going to spread the floor, run one three pick and rolls with with Mello and, and Rose up top, and you know really really you know can, Rose will get into the paint like it or love it. Um, that that's one of his skill sets, and and he and he does seem fresh, you know, from what we've seen the, the first few practices. Um, so I, I I and I think he'll you know KP will camp out in that in that corner and knock down three. So um, there's definitely a lot to like there, and I and I, I'm just I'm just worried about the upside being capped a little bit by by the limited opportunities for sure yeah all, all those usage i mean 230 usage players on your team is not good for offense all right exactly. so we talked about Melo, and man he is sliding this guy used to go two seasons ago first round pretty much hands down but now uh it's looking better i'd say uh he has a knee concerns that'll be lingering that's why he slides but new up-tempo system uh, i think hornacek really is going to benefit him with more threes and getting more space not being so isolation dependent uh, getting more kind of um, catch and shoot kind of stuff. Uh, I think Rose is kind of a, a net neutral, but do you see him kind of? Uh, and he's falling into the fourth round, which which is crazy. So how do you see his value, um, ceiling, and floor, and then injury risk for for a guy who's a stud? 
absolute steal. I think if you can get Melo in the fourth, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season, um, both reality and fantasy perspective. Um, injuries a concern, obviously, but he did look uh, you know, relatively healthy in the Olympics. Uh, last season, he bounced back without any major setbacks. Um, looks spry, looks fresh. He says he's in the best shape of his life. Everyone says that. Um, but it, I think there's a lot to like there. Um, you know, last year, um, especially if you play in a five-category league, if you're one of those rare five-category leagues, Melo was one of only four players in the NBA, one of only four qualifying players to average over 21 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. The other three were Westbrook, Durant, and LeBron. Um, you know, so he's he 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 was he he really did a good job facilitating last season. And I think you mentioned a key point: um, the, the, his field goal percentage was you know not where we like it to be. Um, but I think a lot of that had to do with an unimaginative offense. Um, you know, the offense bogging down. He didn't have the quality teammates. So teams were, you know, they were throwing double, triple teams at him. He was shooting over the top of guys from 18, 17 feet away. Um, this this year, um, you got Noah, who's a terrific facilitator in the high post. He's going to get Melo some decent looks. You got KP spreading the floor. Courtney Lee, who we'll talk about, who I think is an undervalued player as well. Um, and Derek Rose running the show. Um, I think there's a lot to like about Melo this year. Yes, the, as you mentioned, the high usage rate of, of, of Rose is a concern. Um, but I think all things considered, the upside for Carmelo was really, really significant. Um, and the floor is high as well. So um, I think he's a, a definitely an undervalued asset. If you can get him, let alone fourth, late third, mid third, um, even early third, depending on, on you know, who's on the board, um, you know, right around that, you know, that late 20s, early 30s pick, um, I think he still presents value there. Because I think, uh, you know, best case scenario, he's going to return second round value. For sure. And I think the key point is just open looks and yeah. getting the ball on catch-and-shoot situations. A couple cool stats. Uh, Catch-and-shoot last year, 38%. Pull-up, 28% from three. So 10% difference there. And then look yeah, again. It, it, absolutely. And if you look at Melo's when he was averaging, when he averages 27, 28 a game, he's, as he's done a, with the Knicks previously and with the Nuggets, is when he's when he's shooting a high percentage uh, from three pointer. You know, 36, 37, 40 percent from three point land. And people joke, you know, the Knicks need to trade Knicks Melo for Olympic Melo. Um, but <laughs> as you as you mentioned, that catch and shoot Melo, that's that's really what people are talking about. And I think there's a greater possibility, probability of that happening next year. Yeah, season. for sure. And then um, like Katie, uh, Kevin Durant too. We saw him catch and shoot a lot too. And, the Olympics uh, but that's a story for another day and then a couple other cool stats on Melo uh, tight threes tightly contested 20 percent uh, he, he was just not good he took too many content and that's uh, and he didn't take it much but um, on somewhat tight defense he shot 33 percent on those but then wide open 46 percent uh, and he only had point eight attempts per game so if he could double those attempts per game you're, you're looking at uh, a massive improvement there in overall efficiency so let's move on to, uh, we kind of alluded to it, Joachim Noah, a, a guy who was Defensive Player of the Year, All-Star, MVP candidate. I mean, he has just taken a, a hardcore nosedive. Uh, injuries, obviously, will do that. So, again, good system, and they're saying the right things. Do you see him? And you kind of hinted at him being a nice steal late. Um, do, do you like him late, uh, even if you got to be a little bit aggressive and maybe take him in the 10th or something like that? I do. I want him. I want him 10th round. If you got to reach the late 9th, I understand it. If he's around the 11th, an absolute steal. Um, and I think he's going to slide a lot. I think he's an afterthought. Um, you mentioned the last time he was healthy, um, you know, this guy was, you know, top five MVP. Interestingly enough, actually, um, there's only been four non four Eastern Conference players not named LeBron James to finish in the top five in MVP voting um, this decade since 2010, 2011. Three of them are on the Knicks with Melo, Joakim Noah and Derrick Rose. 
Um, so on paper, that's why the Knicks are so fascinating. They have super such a team. high upside. You know, <laughs> super team, super teams, the upside and then the downside is they could lose, you know, 50 games if everyone gets hurt. So um, and I think Noah's emblematic of that, you know, um, when he's healthy and when he's when he's been on the floor, the guys, a double double machine averages over nine to nine for his career. Um, when he was, uh, you know, the, the, the 2013, 14 season um, when he was an MVP candidate, defensive play of the year, um, you know, 12 points, 11 rebounds, 5.4 assists. He aver- actually averaged more than the next point guard that year, Raymond Felton, um, you know, great passer. And even last Last year, when he was hurt, um, led the league of, of among NBA centers. He was number one in assist rate. Obviously, limited minutes, um, limited playing time, um, but he was higher than Marcus Sewell, who was second. Um, so there's a lot to like there. I think the system will suit him well. Um, he's certainly comfortable playing from that high post and facilitating. He's obviously comfortable playing with Derrick Rose. Um, I think he's going to fit in well alongside um, uh, 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 KP and, and Melo as well. Um, so there's a lot to like there. Um, you know, it's a definite injury risk, but um, you know, assuming he's, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the field goal percentage, he was un- unable to finish at the basket last year. That's a major concern. Let's, you know, if you chalked it up as an anomaly because he couldn't lift his arm over his shoulder, um, you know, there, there's certainly a lot to like there. So yeah, if he, if and when he slides, and I think he will, um, I'm going to scoop up. I, I plan on by having a lot of shares of Joakim Noah going into the season. For sure. Uh, great, great fit, like you said. Doesn't need a high usage. He doesn't need to shoot the ball much, so he is a perfect yep. fit for a guy with Rose and Melo and maybe even KP getting in the low 20s for usage. Uh, I'll throw this at you, too. We had a bit of... We had um, Ryan and a few others. Uh, we did a mock last night, and there was a crazy center run that uh, that I, I want to kind of bounce off you here. Uh, this is all in the 10th round. Uh, Embiid went first. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we had a bunch of guards, and then I'll, I'll throw Rando in there as a center, and then uh, Biombo, and then Joel Okafor, then Noel, then Capella. So, man, I don't know. Noah, Noah really jumps out uh, on that group for me. Definitely. I'm like a guy like Biombo. I'm definitely taking Noah ahead of him. I mean, just the, just the minutes. If he can stay healthy, he has very little competition for minutes. You no, know, Kylo Quinn's not going to take his minutes. Uh, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez um, is the, essentially the you know Marshall Plumley is the other guy on the you know on the on the depth chart for the Knicks right now. Um, there's just as long as again it, it, health is the major concern. If he plays you know seventy games, seventy five games this year, um, he's and, and averages thirty minutes a night. He's going to give you tremendous value late in the draft for sure. Just a couple other names before even Embiid that I want to throw out there. Uh, Adams um, again, I would take Noah there. Yes, um, uh, Dwight Howard, I would take Noah there. Yes, I mean um, uh, our boy Joe, uh, Jonas Nader loves his some Joseph Nurkic, and he right. took him at eighty-two. Um, so you would you take Noah over Nurk? I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think I would take just, Nurk because I don't it's know. It's just a higher floor for Noah. You know, I understand sure. the upside. You know, yeah. but just from from a floor perspective. Yep, yep. That's I'm totally on the same page. Okay, so let's keep it with the. Um, let's jump to Derek Rose and, and talk some uh, stick with the Bulls here. Uh, you hinted at it, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Man, he was bad at the rim last year. So, uh, league average is about 60% at the rim. He was at 48.5%. That's not good uh, for a guy who gets 35% of his shots from there. So, And this that's where he makes his money, too. So do you think he can get that going again? Do you think the system will help? Uh, I think that Fred Hoiberg really counted on him to do too much, kind of an isolation. And I've seen, I mean, Bledsoe has been pretty good at the rim. Knight's been, yeah. and Knight's been better under Hornacek. Uh, I can see him improving there, and like we said, his his efficiency is the killer, and his turnovers are, are just brutal. It's almost too much to handle a nine cat. He was uh, almost 
better at having an empty roster spot than having Derek Rose in your team for a nine cat roto. So yeah. would you roll the dice on him and even a roto, or, or what do you think on? That? He's he's a real wild card. I you know not to mention the 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 the, the rape trial scandal that's yeah. embroiled. You know he's going to miss some time next week. You know, going for that trial. He's presented a unified front and said he's been able to focus on basketball, but he's a human being. Um, it's just there. There's a lot there to be nervous about. I, I think um, you know it, 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 the Knicks are going to depend on him a lot. So there's he makes me nervous um, from that perspective. I think um, you know the things that you have in your favor if you're looking for pros, um, uh, you know, positives of the situation. He's surrounded by you know talented shooters, Courtney Lee, Mello, uh, KP. Those guys are going to spread the floor. Be, he'll be able to get into paint. Um, paint was probably a little congested in Chicago last season. Um, he did, and, and the other thing with Rose, if you look at last year's numbers, um, he was basically admittedly playing with double vision for the first 20, <laughs> 20 or so games. And it, you know, I'm not a great shooter, but if I'm seeing double, that's that's going to decrease anybody's field goal percentage. Um, and then if you look at in the middle of the middle of the year, um, you know, games like you know, say thirty to, to sixty. He also tailed off a little bit at the tail end, um, but he was high, certainly far more productive, and also just as importantly, far more efficient um, in the middle of the season. Kind of when he straightened out, got that eye condition under control. Um, so there's a lot to like there. I'm not sure about value. Where did he go in that mock last night? So he went last round, uh, 145. Wow. Uh, you're wow. looking at guys like before. Uh, Tyreek Evans, Alfred Aminu, right. uh, Rose, and Richardson, uh, Zebo, Turner, uh, Dudley. I took Malcolm Brogdon for fun. It's only mock. I was like, eh, I'll take Malcolm Brogdon. Love Malcolm right, Brogdon. Right. <laughs> so yeah, last round, man, it's worth it there. Definitely, yeah. If he if he's that late, then then I have no problem because, like you said, you just as long as his efficiency comes up, um, you know, he's playing for a contract. This is his last year of his deal. Um, you know, he's he, he you know he's a young guy. He's only 27, 28 years old. Um, obviously has a lot more wear and tear in his tire than your typical you know twenty eight year olds. Um, but um, you know, there's there's certainly reason to believe that there's bounce back capability. So if he's around in that last round, I'm very happy taking him as a flyer. Nice, especially with uh, point guard depth isn't quite what it used to be. I don't think. exactly. You're always. You can never have too many point guards. Even if you have enough point guards, take another one if, he's, if the value's there. This is true. All right, so speaking of point guards, let's talk a little Brandon Jennings, and we hinted at it. Uh, I think Hornacek shot down the dual point guard, which makes a lot of sense, obviously. You don't want to put those guys on twos. Uh, so um, yep. considering Rose's injury history and Jennings, who hasn't really been great, he's had a good month, months at a time where he's really valuable, but the vast majority of the time he is not. So right. is he a guy? I mean, you're obviously not going to take him in 150, but yeah. like 250. Do you see as a guy you could stash? Uh, maybe handcuff with Rose if you do want to roll the dice a little bit aggressively. You'd say like 110, 120. Yeah, read my mind exactly. I think you know if you draft Ezekiel in the first round, make sure you get Alfred Morris late. You know <laughs> nice. if you you know if you if you if you draft Jamal Charles, you know make sure you get Spencer Ware. And I think that's the situation. If you get Rose, um, get Brandon Jennings, um, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he, Exactly, exactly. I don't even know who's the who's the handcuff now at this stage of the game. Yeah, right. Coleman probably passed him, man. I haven't exactly. really talked fantasy in a while. People people complain about me not talking fantasy football. I'm like, all right, there you go. How are you doing in fantasy football, by the way? Uh, I'm I'm a. Uh... I'm I'm good in one league, middle of the middle of the pack, and in another zero and three in another league. So oh. um, I'm I'm all right. I'm not, you know my main league. I am two and one in my main keeper league. That's the you know that's the the one with the trophies and the bragging rights and all yeah. the other stuff. So um, I can't complain. How about nice. yourself? Anybody? I made a big trade the other day. Uh, I am deep at receiver, hardcore. Okay. Uh, I lost Keenan, and then I just went on a trading bonanza to get receivers. 
Yep. Um, so I traded Diggs and Demarius for Todd Gurley. Oh, that's a good uh, trade for yeah, you. Yeah, and I, they were both my wide receiver five and six. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have Sneed, AJ, uh, Doug Baldwin, and who am I forgetting? Marvin Jones. Sneed got in a limited practice today, so he's nice. what is, he's on he's on track to play this Sunday. I guess need is that him. The sense you get? Yeah, people are trying to people are trying to get him off me cheap, man. Someone offered me Denver Broncos defense for Sneed. Like, dude, come <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, so let's get back on track here. So yes. um, Jennings, do you like? I mean. Um, yeah, so so yes, uh, as maybe, a late round hand some DFS. I mean, if if Rose is out, if we're gonna look at Jennings as like a DFS kind of a guy, even with Melo there and KP, you think he can get his shots? Absolutely, yeah. I think I think he will because especially because he'll and even when Rose is there, the Knicks don't have much depth on that second unit. So I think they're gonna need a, a spark plug, a scoring. Um, as you mentioned, I don't think Hornacek wants to play those two guys together. They're both subpar defenders, um, so I don't think you want to leave Courtney Lee off the floor because um, those guys will get you know uh, get 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 abused pretty badly defensively. Um, Rose and Jennings, I'm speaking of. So um, yeah, from a DFS perspective, um, if and when Rose misses games, if in the you know the, the trial, the, the good thing about Jennings is we'll get a, a real sense of because rose the, the trial is supposed to start october 4th that's the day the first knicks home the first knicks preseason game is out in houston um so uh we'll get it we'll get it we'll get to see you know make, make sure that the jennings looks healthy and uh, how he how he how he handles kind of running the team um so we'll get a little bit of sense of that early on um so yeah i, I you know listen uh, even when he even if even when he was healthy um, and and starting and playing major minutes, he wasn't a great nine cat, eight cat fantasy player, as we know. Um, the field goal percentage was terrible. Um, but uh, daily fantasy um, and uh, and just as importantly in deeper leagues um, as a as a handcuff to D Rose. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I wanted to mention too was you, you hinted at it uh, in February, March. Rose was okay, uh, specifically in in uh, March. If you look at his March numbers, forty six percent from the field. Uh, 16.6 points, 4.5 dimes. Take, I'll take that gladly. For 12th or 13th round, 14th, that's, yeah. that's all day long. Yeah, but then only played three games in April, and he didn't play well in those games, but it's only three games. So he did give us a little bit. I love seeing guys kind of leaving uh, some positive tastes in our mouths here. Uh, so you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head, too, with that second unit. Man, they are thin. Um, but before we get to that, actually, I want to talk some Courtney Lee. I love Courtney Lee, and I find myself – I feel like I'm the Courtney Lee, and you may be with me on this. Uh, I, I love – I feel like Courtney Lee is one of the best high-floor kind of guys you could take. I could see him getting a steal and a half, hitting a three and a half, hitting 12 points. I mean, we love that, like kind of Danny Green-esque, uh, I, a guy who could do a little bit of everything for you. I couldn't agree with you more. I thought um, – I love the Knicks signing him. Um, I thought it was terrific value. You know, he got less money, you know, than 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 Eric Gordon, and you know, thirty million dollars less than Ryan Anderson's in the world. Um, you know, in, in a league that values three and D players, I was shocked that that Courtney Lee couldn't secure a bigger payday. Um, but that benefits the Knicks. Um, another good stat on Courtney Lee, I stumbled upon the the other day. Only two players in the NBA have shot better than thirty-seven. Qualifying players have shot better than thirty-seven percent from three um, every season. The last six seasons, this decade, since two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. One of them's Kyle Korver. The other's Courtney Lee. Um, so you know that that speaks about his accuracy and efficiency from behind the arc. Um, and um, I had a chance to cover. I covered um, media day, uh, the next media day out in White Plains on Monday, and then um, their first practice on Tuesday. Uh, and I had a chance to talk to Courtney Lee. Um, and one of the things I wanted to ask him about was, um, 
if Phil and, and, and Jeff Hornacek and if those guys talk to him about increasing because he's never he's only only once during that time has he shot over has he averaged over three uh, three 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 point attempts per game usually around 2.7 2.8 um, 2.9 and 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 Lee did acknowledge yes that's one of the things that that, that coach Hornacek and, and Phil Jackson spoke to him about is they want him to be more of a shooter um, they have confidence in his ability he's obviously proven himself to be a, a you know a, an accurate long-range marksman um, so if you have that opportunity um, knock down you know take those shots because you're going to knock them down and that's only going to benefit it's going to create more space for Melo in the high post and um, Porzingis on the other side of the floor um, so he's a guy that you can't you know uh, you know and, and Hornacek talked a little bit about this too um, when I asked him about Lee there's certain three and you know the Anthony Roberson's of the world where you just play five on four and let him you know you don't have to worry about those guys at all Lee you cannot leave him alone because he will burn you from deep and I think with all that offensive firepower on the floor um, you know we talked about how good a passer you know court um, Joakim Noah is out of the post I could see him you know throwing some skip passes to Courtney Lee just camped out in that in either corner um, you know knocking down a great percentage of threes um, so you, you have that offensive you have the three pointers you're going to bring to the table solid field goal percentage and the steals um, he's the team's you know the Knicks best perimeter defender um, so so yeah, I really like him as a as a you know a, you know I think a you know poor man's Danny Green is a great you know uh, comparison. Even um, not, maybe not even poor. I mean, he may be uh, right. Uh, maybe yeah, he was what we thought bracket. Danny. Yeah, maybe he's what we thought Danny Green was going to be last year. Maybe you know, you know, Courtney Lee's that this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to like there, and I think as you as you pointed out, the floor is really high. Yeah, if you miss on Danny Green, and it depends on your league. I mean, people generally aren't like, oh, I need to get Danny Green here. You just let him fall, and same with Lee. If you find yourself and you take high ceiling guys, which I yes. love to do, uh, yep. Lee is just a great guy to throw in there to kind of mitigate your bets a little bit. But yeah, yep. so to kind of dig deeper here, two point oh three is possible. Like you said, he doesn't take that many, but he's only ten, he's never taken more than three, uh, dating back to twenty eleven twelve. Yeah, I, I think I think that might be pushing it. I, 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 I think in certain games it'll depend on game flow. If Rose goes down, or or if you know Melo misses some time, or if you don't know, I think I'm just worried about the the field goal attempts. I'm just not sure there's enough to go around. Um, but I think there's a decent chance he might end up, you know, if not leading the team in minutes. I could see him playing some minutes in addition to the starters. Um, you know, maybe you know playing you know a bunch of minutes with the second unit as well, and that's when he could you know really rack up some field goal attempts if and when you know he's on the floor and Melo and 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 Rose are off the floor. You know him and KP you know running pick and rolls or you know, something along those lines. I I could see. So I think two is is on one the seven? upside, but it, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. One seven sound good to you then? That sounds right. One eight, you know, yeah. some 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 along those lines. I'll definitely take that if you can get one point two steals, man. That's. Yep. He'd have to pretty much hit like 43% from the field, which he hasn't done since 2011-12. So, right. yeah, his floor is just so, so nice, man. I don't, I feel like people were sleeping on him. Agreed. Uh, so we talked about – And just just one other thing on Lee, and because and, we're going to the bench, there's no other guards yeah, on the exactly. roster. You know, uh, Sasha Vujic is not taking his minutes, you know. Like let, let, let's be real here. Justin Holiday, dude. <laughs> yeah, Justin Holiday is the is the one guy that that will get some minutes, but um, you know he is he's he's certainly not on the caliber player that Courtney. If C- Courtney Lee will play as many minutes as his body can handle, and Hornacek's not going to want to take him off the floor. So you're thinking what 33? At, at least. Wow. At, at least. least. I think I I think he could be second on the team in minutes played behind Melo. Wow. So let yeah. me pull. Let's, let's see here. He played 31 minutes, was his best month last year. But then again, um, Jaeger didn't really play him too much. And then right, before, right. Has, I just think, 
34 minutes has been his best fit. month in the past two seasons. That sounds it's, right. 34 sounds right to me, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, can he handle it? He's never had to handle it before. But the upside of that is he doesn't. You know, he's not. He's not a guy that's worn down by playing a ton of minutes. You know. Yep. All right. So we talked about bench. Who who out? Who's going to be out there? Uh, Jennings and really just massive question marks even up front. Yep. Uh, so who do you see helping out the second unit, especially a team that has a lot of injury concerns uh, in their in their first unit? Yeah, I think it, it again. If if Noah and those guys stay healthy, you know, I I just I think the starting five is one of those teams that I I don't think ideally um, Hornacek's not going to have to go, you know, not going to have to play ten guys, eleven guys. He can you know stay with his eight nine guys um, primarily, you know, as much as as much as 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 he would like to. Um, it's just a question of if those guys get hurt and dinged up, you know, if if and when Noah goes down, I think you know you could look at a guy like Kylo Quinn. Um, I could see him getting some minutes. I just don't. I just don't know about Hernan Gomez. Um, a guy, if you're looking for, um, I, I think is going to get uh, you know a lot of minutes because he's versatile and also a really good defender and a glue guy is Lance Thomas. Um, not a great from a fantasy perspective. Um, he did knock down um, uh, you know career high in threes last year. He actually. His four years at Duke, he didn't attempt a three-pointer. And his first two years in the NBA, he didn't attempt a three-pointer. He made more three-pointers last season for the Knicks than he had in his, in his previous seven years of basketball combined. Um, so, and, and because of that, he earned a, a major contract for the Knicks, you know, $7 million a year um, solely. Oh, not solely, but that was a major reason because he was always a solid defensive player. Um, but he proved that he's a, not a guy you could leave alone. Um, so he kind of camped out in the corner and, and made a living knocking down threes last year. So um, if Mel, you know, he's he's kind of a mellow handcuff. Um, but I could also see him him playing some minutes at the two if the Knicks wanted to go really big. He could play some minutes at the four, uh, depending on if you know you want to throw in KP at the five. Um, so um, you know those those you know outside of those guys, um, Hernan Gomez, I don't see him playing more than you know ten, you know five ten minutes a night. Um, Marshall Plumley probably won't make the fifteen man roster. I assume he'll get um, you know play most of the most of the season in in, in Westchester for the D League. Um, Lou Amundsen obviously is not not an important fantasy player. Uh, Kyle O'Quinn could get some minutes. Um, he's the one guy if 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 one of those front if either KP or Noah gets dinged up um, misses some time, um, O'Quinn is a guy that uh, would step in. And, and, and probably get the majority of the lion's share of those minutes. So it sounds like they're going to play the uh, starters a lot. Uh, just to kind of look at some specific stats here really quick. I mean, uh, the, the uh, Pistons were first in minutes for starters together at 19, and the Knicks were at a shade under 15. So you think they could roll them out there, like a la Stan Van Gundy, and put their starters out there for close to 20 minutes a game? I think I don't think he'll do it because he'll Hornacek smartly will think long term, big picture, and understand that's probably not smartest. But you know they do want to get off to a good start. Um, The two wild cards that we don't know a lot about are Endor, who played really well. Maurice Endor played really well for the Knicks summer league two years ago, and then signed with Dallas uh, before he got injured. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, uh, Kuzminskas. I just call him the Mindy Project. I, I, I've solicited to try, to try to find some names. A lot of people, a lot of people um, will, I'm sure will come up with uh, there'll more. There'll be some good ones for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 3-6 so, you know, Lafayette is one of my all-time favorites, by the that's way. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it'll be, you know, that's that's a, one of the things that that's certainly from a Knicks perspective. Um, one of the things to keep an eye on the preseason is who's their seventh guy, who's their sixth guy. 
um, you know, Jenny, other than Jennings, assuming being the sixth man, who's the, you know, who's the, who's the next, you know, big behind Noel, who's the next forward to come into the lineup. I assume it'll be Lance Thomas. Um, does Endor or Mindy get some of those minutes? Um, you know, those, but, but yeah, I mean, just, just looking at the, the roster as a whole, um, the thing that kind of jumps out is, and, and that's why I was surprised that the Knicks gave that guaranteed contract to Amundsen, um, you know, that last yeah. guaranteed contract they handed out because they have so little depth at guard. I was shocked. Um, especially with Rose, we know his, his injury history, um, but it's it's it, you know it, 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 not only that they got the trial coming up. Brandon Jennings is an injury risk, so um, I was I was surprised they didn't sign a you know Norris Cole type um, point guard just that they can consistently rely on if and when those guys go down. For sure. So let's round it out here. Um, so just to kind of what are we going to expect out of this team pace wise? That like we kind of hinted at it. Do you think they could even climb into top fifteen, even top ten? I mean, it just feels a very different feel here coming from perennially bottom five kind of a team. Exactly. Uh, and then also, yeah, I mean, just are they going to be kind of – they haven't really been a fantasy goldmine. It'd be like one or two guys and that's it. So do you think the Knicks would be more fantasy friendly both DFS and season long? I don't think – I'm not ready to put him in the top 10. Um, I think – I would say 15. If the over-under is 15, I might even take the under, you know, maybe yeah. 17, you know, 15 to 20-ish. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they were 12 and 13. Um, but, it, you know, after watching this team, you know, under Phil Jackson for the last three years, it's it would just – I think it would be a little bit too much of a shock to the system. Um, but they have a whole – essentially a whole new ro- – you know, for the most part, you know, a whole new roster, um, obviously new coach. So um, I guess, it, it, you know, in the battle of wills, if there is one – um, you know, what kind of conversations have Hornacek and Phil had? Um, you know, we'll get a sense of that over the first preseason games and early on the season. Um, but I think, obviously, pace will be determinant of, you know, in terms of fantasy value. But I do like a lot of the guys, you know, when, you know, if, if Derrick Rose is, is swimming around there in the 130s, 140s, I think he's good value. We talked about Melo being a, a great value. Um, in the in the in the early fourth round, Noah's another guy, you know, and Courtney Lee. Um, so I don't think there's going to be major difference makers, um, but I, I think um, you know you got the guys like Courtney Lee and, and Melo that provide that high floor, um, and then you got guys, you know, the later round flyers like Noah and Rose, um, who, I, who I definitely don't have a problem investing in if, if they slip far enough, um, and and then obviously KP near the top of the draft. So I thought of a question while you were talking, uh, and kind of in, in the same. Very similar guys who kill you in percentage, uh, turn the ball over a lot, and are going to get big minutes at point guard. Uh, Derek Rose and Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, if you, gun to your head, who would you pick first? I'd probably take Moutier just because yeah. he's there's a much better chance he's going to play seventy five games. They're talking um, about and he still has that. Too. Yeah, exactly. And he has that such enticing upside. I thought coming out of the draft, I was really surprised that it helped. I shouldn't say I was surprised because he's a rookie and is, you know, other, just athletically, so, you watch uh, him play. I mean, the guy's gifted. Yeah, he really came around in some really, too. I, I really tweaked his mechanics and actually uh, had Harrison Wind on for the Nuggets pod. And yep. he was saying Moody was in the gym two, like two, three hours before every game working on his jumper. Uh, I mean, yeah, Moody, the Moody hype train is coming on. Anything else what, you want to what, add just, here? Just curious, where, where did Moutier go in that draft yet in the mock yesterday? He went 131st. Uh, so wow. I, I took Brandon Ingram at 129. Dario Sarge went in that round. Uh, Trey Lyles. Tim Frazier went a couple picks later. I love Tim Frazier, by the way. But, yeah, 131, that's, that's solid for, for Moutier. Yeah, but those other guys you mentioned are intriguing upside too. But yeah, it's just you know it's it's at that stage of the game. It's it's you know you're you're, you're throwing darts, but I, I do like his upside. Yeah. yeah, especially if you if you miss point guard, those guys should yes. definitely be on your team and just kind of like uh, you even take them like round ten, eleven, uh, yeah, if you have to. And I, I'll throw one more in there. Uh, I love Seth Curry. And yes, I pretty much draft him everywhere. So would you take Curry over those two? 
Yeah. yeah. Who, as of right now, what's the depth chart looking like on, on Dallas? He's what, how many, what's, what's, your, what's your minutes per game projection for Seth, for Seth Curry? I have him at about 26 and change, uh, and I think he's going to shoot a lot of threes. I think he's going to have 1-8, 2.03s, good steal and change. Uh, hopefully his percentages are good. I think he'll have close to two and a half, three dimes a game. I, I love I love him, man. Uh, and, and then if, if Darren goes down, you hit the jackpot. I agree, and I was shocked that he signed for that. The Mavericks got him so cheap. So I thought that was one of the best values of all of free agency. Kangs. Um, and, and and his and his but and, and and his last ten games in, in Sacramento last year were phenomenal. You know, yep. shoot it, percentages, points, assists, everything you can yep. want. Love, love me some April stats, man. Yep. All right, so we're gonna get out of here on that, man. This is great. Uh, nice to have a little more fantasy centric stuff. Uh, so gotta have you on again more often, man. You gotta you gotta be a staple on this thing. Anytime, Mike. I'm here. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks again, Tommy. My pleasure, buddy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.